Good morning. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me in the studio, I have Dan Robinson as well as Liz Brooks from the Department of Labor. How are you both doing today? Very well, thank you. Good, thanks. Glad to be here. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm glad to have you in because you have a very interesting article in the Trends magazine this month, and that is, and I'm going to say the title for those that may not have gotten a chance to read it, which is Where Robots Are Doing the Work. So we're looking at really the, not even just the global trend of robotics, but really looking at it within our Alaskan context. So obviously, first big thing here is like, what kind of areas are we seeing robotics being used in the state? Well, uh, the largest presence for robotics is in manufacturing, and that's true um, nationally as well as in the state. Um, Our manufacturing sector is a very small part of our economy here. Um, Two-thirds of the employment in manufacturing in Alaska is in seafood processing. Okay. Seafood processing is already largely mechanized, a lot of machines, doing a lot of cutting, heading, gutting, that sort of thing. Um, robotics is a very specific type of machinery, though. Yes. Because I see some of the sort of the visual examples you provided are, you know, a lot of the use of technology in sort of the academic sphere. I see, like, there's the fishing games, marine rover for doing on rockfish studies. I see a hospital robot. But then... Which those are specific examples, and that even reminds me of, you know, Bartlett Regional got their surgery robot pretty recently, so that's an even another example mm-hmm. of just the ways that it's getting incorporated. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, uh, so in Alaska, I was saying that um, manufacturers here in Alaska actually have light use of robotics so far. Um, heavily mechanized, but um, light use of robotics. Um, so actually when you compare um, Alaska to the nation, we have f- fewer robotics um, in our manufacturing plants than the nation. Yeah, as I see, I actually have the percentages here. It looks like we're roughly sitting between, I want to say, 7 and 14%. Yeah, that's right. Um, about 14% of our manufacturing employees in Alaska worked in plants with robotic equipment in 2019. Those are the most recent statistics available at a state level. And uh, nationally, 26% of manufacturing employees worked in plants with robotics. Okay. And then that would lead me to the question of what do you think has kind of pushed this push this what has caused this push towards automation this mechanization of the workplace um it's a labor shortage um, and that it can be more cost effective for manufacturers to employ mechanical machinery um where they're capable of doing the job than hiring um employees so a lot of for example in seafood processing these a lot of the employees come from out of state um, and they're they're working in very remote uh, sometimes dangerous locations. So um, where it's possible to mechanize or roboticize the processing line, um, more, more and more manufacturers are choosing to do so because of the labor shortage. Okay. And then you and I were talking a bit before the show that one of the ideas that I had thought of for another reason why we could be seeing that push towards further mechanization is it could reduce, you know, workplace accidents because you would be 
and I don't want to sound super drastic, you could eliminate some human error. Do you think that could also be playing a role? Yeah, absolutely. So when I looked around Alaska for examples of where robotics were being used in commercial applications, mostly what I found was examples, like you said, where um, it, where robotics can do the job more safely than than humans. So it's not replacing human labor, it's just um, doing a job that wouldn't be possible otherwise. Okay. And so along with that, and I'm looking at some more of the numbers here, I mean, as in terms of nationally, we do spend quite a lot in sort of robotic spending. I'm looking at the number here, and it looks to be about $11.5 million. Um, yeah, um, $11.5 billion. Oh, yeah, I dropped was, a couple zeros there. That was the um, expenditures in 2001 for the nation. So the, um, the Census Bureau measures um, how much... Uh, co companies across the nation are spending on robotic equipment as a part of their existing survey on capital expenditures. And so in 2021, 1.1% um, of all capital expenditures were for robotic equipment. That's nationwide. Okay. I see what happened. I have a little typo here. It dropped the comma. It dropped, I actually put a, a period where there's supposed to be a comma. No that one is on me. But so, and this is not a new trend. This has been going on for a couple of years now. You know, the, um, it's accelerating, though, certainly. Okay. Because, I mean, I'm looking at the sort of the growth per cap, as uh, the percentage of capital expenditures here. It looks like, you know, if you're talking from 2018 to 2021, you're looking at an increase of 0.6% to almost 1.2%. Yeah. So you've almost doubled uh, that. Yeah, almost doubling a as a proportion of all capital expenditures. So it is um, accelerating. Okay. And so... Talk to me a bit about, I see this section that's looking at like pipeline inspections. So what's that about in relation to the robots? Sure, well that, that's a, a much older technology. It's not actually a true robot. Uh, you would classify it as a robotic equipment. Um, but for 30 years, the um, Alaska Pipeline has been using various um, robotic devices to inspect the pipeline from its interior. Okay. I see the, the ultrasonic transducers. That's using the sound waves to measure it. Uh-huh. Now, what is a curvature pig? That is a an interesting title for a tool. Um, that one um, measures how the pipeline center line has changed. Um, so you, it would you pass the pig through the pipeline um, more than once, you know, over time. And then the the um, center line of the pipeline is precisely measured, and so people can see if there is like sinking, like the permafrost is causing problems underneath the pipeline, that sort of thing. Okay. Very precisely, yeah. Interesting. And now, I see that there's, you've also noted that they show some broad promise overall. So what are some of the other areas that it looks like that we could be going with these? Yeah, thank you. Um, the um, University of Alaska Fairbanks has a drone research center. And so again, that's, um, it's would be robotic equipment, not a true robot, but um, they're looking to test applications that, um, cargo could be delivered in remote locations in Alaska, either autonomously or by remote control. Okay. And so, and could you give me maybe potential examples of what kind of cargo we could be talking about here? Oh, medical supplies, diapers, everything. So this summer they're testing um, uh, um, 
autonomous Cessna Grand Caravans flying from Fairbanks to Nanana, for example. Okay. They'll still be, this is, it's a research, it's a research facility, they'll still be a pilot on board, but they're testing the equipment that will enable that in the future. Okay. So a lot of this is still really the early steps. It's not, it's not this, oh, they're going to replace everybody with machines point yet. It's still just the, here's us finding ways to further increase, I guess, manufacturing speed, efficiency, those sorts of things. But you still have that human component there because they're not at a stage where they can just do that on their own. That's right. Um, that's right. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I'm going to be interested to see how this continues to go. Because would you say that it looks like this is this growth is going to continue increasing as we go forward? Yes, definitely. The um, Alaska has experienced a, a decline in the working age population, for example. So if we want to keep our economy um, growing, then we're going to have to find ways to be productive. Okay. And now, I guess what interests me is, do you see any particular area where we'll see the most increase? I'm guessing you'll probably tell me manufacturing, because that's where we already see it primarily. Mm -hmm. Do you think that will still be the case going forward? Well, no. We see, um, like, um, in general merchandise stores, so retail applications. This is stocking applications, um, primarily. So robots are really good at lifting heavy loads. They can... Um, do the inventory, for example. Um, so I think in retail, we'll continue to see growth. Um, logistics, will continue to see growth. And in healthcare, we'll continue to see growth. Okay. I'm, I'm interested in hearing you mention healthcare because that ties perfectly with some of the other things that we've been talking about with some of the other guests. Now, we are going to move into our break. When we come back, we might move into some more sort of general economics discussion. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. Welcome back to Action Line. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. And joining me still, I have Dan Robinson and Liz Brooks from the Department of Labor. Now, Dan, I need to talk to you more so on the general economic front. So how are we sort of looking economically speaking? But let's first start with the let's start with the unemployment rate. That's a big one. Sure. Yeah, the unemployment rate is very low for Alaska uh, and the U.S. and it has been for a while. It was low pre-pandemic, and then it's since come way back down. And part of it, I, Liz alluded to this a little bit. There, it, part of it's demographic, but there there are just way more jobs available than there are bodies to fill them right now. And the unemployment rate is one of the things that, that reflect that. Gotcha. And I'm assuming that you would say the same thing then with job growth, because I'm looking at you know the job growth number. You know that's also about the same. It's still quite low. In addition to that, yeah. So job growth is 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 it's a little high-ish for us compared to our ten-year average. We're at two point three percent from April to April, a little lower than the U.S., which is another theme. Alaska's economy was underperforming relative to the U.S. going into the pandemic, and we're uh, we're still underperforming compared to most other states uh, on the other side of the pandemic. Gotcha. And I'm assuming part of that stems from, you know, we've consistently for quite some time had a negative sort of net migration. Yeah, that's part of it. I don't know if it stems from that. It's a little bit chicken or the egg. Um, but uh, we had some difficult years with oil and gas pre-pandemic. 
and then the the budget challenges have created some kind of institutional concerns we don't know all the reasons more people have been leaving than moving here for 10 years now but but it's it's some combination of jobs um, quality of life perception of quality of life so but those two things one drives the other and then the other then it's uh it's a little bit circular um yeah. So it, generally, though, we're 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 struggling a little. Not struggling. We're 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 not doing as well economically as neighboring states, the U.S. as a whole. Gotcha. And I was going to say another number. I think factors into that too. Is you look at our our population growth, and that is also quite quite low. That's at point one. I would almost argue that feels like a negligible amount. <laughs> yeah, and we've been essentially flat since, I don't know, it's 17 or 18. We had a few years of decline. We're still below our kind of peak. Sometimes people uh, mistake the negative net migration to mean we're losing large numbers. Our population hasn't declined significantly. It's been basically flat. It's because there have been, over that period, more births than deaths. That may change over the next few decades, but that has compensated mostly for the migration-related losses. Okay. And I guess in a lot of going through those numbers, it just makes us kind of, makes me wonder sort of what factors are at play that maybe we haven't already brought up. I mean, obviously we brought up, you know, it's a matter of is there jobs? Is it a matter of quality of life? I'm trying to figure those things out. But then you and I and Liz were talking a bit during the break. There could also be just generational factors there as well. Yeah, the, the demographic component is really interesting. So Alaska specifically has this more people leaving than coming. But nationally and internationally, birth rates have gone down. Death rates of COVID is a complicating factor. So birth, death rates haven't done anything too exciting. Uh, when to say too exciting, too volatile. Um, but the, the, uh, the baby boomers aging out of their working ages and the fact that younger generations are having fewer kids creates this, this uh, unusual imbalance of, of people of a smaller percentage of the population in their working ages. So that's one of the reasons employers are struggling to find people. There aren't, there aren't in Alaska even, like we talked about, a, a, a big decline in the number of people. There's just a decline of the number of people of working age. Right. And then that raises the question of well, what would... And this this is going to be a tricky one because it's a matter of how far do you step in there, which is in what ways could the state try and, you know, increase that number of working age folks or maybe even encouraging folks to get back in that environment. You know what I mean? Yeah. What a fun question. I mean, one thing that comes to mind, other countries have have tried to create incentives for people to have kids, Japan, and they've been they've been not very successful. Government doesn't apparently do a very good job of encouraging people to have babies. That the, whatever the factors are, the key factors are. I don't think government has a lot of influence over those levers. Broadly, though, having good schools, having functioning institutions, having clean air, clean water—some of those things, again, are within our control, and some of them are not. But the the various factors of why people want to have kids, why people want to live somewhere, are kind of like studying humans broadly. What do we want? We might need a, a sociologist. Yeah, exactly. We'll bring in somebody who knows that field better. <laughs> no, definitely. I was going to say, I know at least one of the theories with Japan is maybe it's the extreme hom- uh, homogeneity, like just how similar everyone is there. It kind of 
throws everyone out to, to the side like they're bored nothing there's well no diversification yeah. there immigration is is a fascinating topic you know how much will we uh will we will we open our arms to increasing those numbers uh japan's been quite restrictive with immigration um so yeah that's that's a that's a related theme i think countries approach to immigration Right. And I think, were you talking during the break about maybe some of that kind of in relation to here, like immigration numbers, were you thinking about? Yes, yes. We're, we're trying to get our hand, uh, kind of our arms around the numbers for Alaska. The data is hard to come by, but not just immigration, but uh, authorized workers, so green card holders. Um, to what extent is Alaska um, increasing or decreasing its use of non-residents, uh, uh, so other uh, outside Alaska residents, but still U.S. citizens, and then I think more relevantly, um, non-U.S. citizens. Okay. And so my question is, what what would you hope to find getting that information? What would you hope to get out of that? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the title of our magazine, I think, is the answer to a lot of questions, the trends. You know, is it an increasing percentage um, and what does that tell us about the future? A lot of what we do in the back of our minds is getting objective data in front of policymakers so they can make good decisions. So if we know we're going to have a labor shortage, it may be time sooner rather than later to think about immigration or our openness to non-residents working here or things like that. And again, a lot of this stuff is not within control of states. It's national um, uh, federal entities that control things, but 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 the short answer is it's to see what the trends are in that data. Gotcha. It, well, I'm definitely going to be looking out for that one because I think that'll be a, another great conversation for us to have. Is speaking, kind of bringing it back to some of the numbers we were talking about before. You know, and, you, and like you've said, we've kind of always been behind in terms of our economy as a state versus the economy nationally. And so I'm looking at some of, you know, where we rank in particular categories. And, you know, we rank pretty low in terms of unemployment rate, job growth in state government, job growth generally, job growth in private. But the highest sort of ranking we have is job growth, leisure and hospitality. So why can you tell me, why is that the one that we're quite high in comparatively? Yeah, the, the, the basic answer is that we, that industry was hit especially hard during COVID, and it was hit especially hard in a few states like Alaska and Hawaii, um, where it was, it's harder to get to Alaska. So our cruise ship industry basically had to shut down for one year and then part of a second year. So that industry, leisure and hospitality is, is not entirely, but, but a lot of visitor industry um, employers, and that industry is still bouncing back. So our growth, other states have long since kind of recovered from pandemic, uh, and ours will set new records this year, thinking of cruise ship passengers. Um, so ours ha- is bouncing back quite well, but it's taken a while. Okay. And, and just one more thing, Jordan. We, 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 you mentioned something that we've always underperformed. We, we consistently overperformed the U.S. economy from late 70s through about mid-2000s, even through the Great Recession of 2010. It's only been in the last decade that we've, you know, we're, we're, we're struggling a little bit by all these measures. So Alaska doesn't have a history of underperforming. It's just a recent history. Okay, and I, and I appreciate the correction on that, and that's largely because most of the data that I've been able to look through has been over the yep, last decade. totally makes sense. And so when I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, we're routinely underperforming, yeah. comparatively speaking. Yeah. 
And so, and then you have to factor in that I have never, I haven't really been alive too long to have seen that prior economic state. Because you, like you said, it was till like about the about 2010, I believe you said. Yeah. Well, and even probably 2015 would be a better marker that we we would have we would have uh, overperformed relative to the U.S. through most of those um, decades. Basically, our our oil years, our strongest oil years, and that's part of the reasons we're we're struggling a little bit is because oil's been a little what uh, up and down, more down than up. Yeah. Well, and that's and it's kind of always had that level of volatility to it. Maybe not as extreme as it is right now. But that's always been a factor there. Absolutely, it's 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 a it's been a volatile industry um, from the beginning. Gotcha. All right. Well, we have about a minute left. I wanted to offer you both a chance to make a final comment here, Liz. Well, I'll just say um, watch for more on this topic of automation, robotics, AI. It's going to be another factor that uh, isn't going away, a phenomenon that we're going to be talking about for for years. There's more of it coming. Thanks so much for having me. No, definitely. And I and I would concur on that. Definitely keep an eye on robotics and AI. Although I would say, just remember to do your research all the time. Because I don't want folks to feel that they're being fear-mongered about on any subject. That's the last thing that I would want anyone to think about something. I want you to be able to, not even just through research that I present to you as a news reporter, but also just saying, hey, take some time, do your reading, and find what you can find, and then fact check. Always fact check. That's another very important step. Well, Dan, Liz, I'd like to thank you both for coming on. It's been fun chatting with you, and I'll see you again, Dan, next month, or whoever you have come down to talk with me. Thanks, Jordan. All righty. You have been listening to Action Line on KINY.